Good morning, and um, hopefully I haven't put you off your breakfast with the title of this one. Anyway, I want to talk about it because it actually rarely comes up. Like when I speak to people who are maybe asking about the programme or just getting started, I usually have to prompt it. Or we get to the very end. Like yesterday, I had a one-to-one, someone just starting out, and we get to the end, and, and only then do we start talking about digestive, digestion, IBS, what foods make them maybe have urges. And quite often, like, some people will go straight to, I'm probably intolerant, I have an allergy, I need an intolerance test, and all these things. And firstly, I just wanted to say that an intolerance food test, they lack quite a lot of efficacy. And... I'm just going to go over a few things that are really simple and that you can do today. And when done consistently, like these things aren't done consistently if people have IBS and or bloating a lot and they want to kind of manage that. And just just go back a bit. If you think what bloating and flatulence actually is, it's just your body essentially fermenting, fermenting the foods. And this normally comes from the carbohydrate groups. Good morning, Paula. This will come from the carbohydrate group including vegetables in there as well, because these foods have to be, or certain foods more than others, are fermented to be digested properly and broken down. And the result of that is gas. Now, for some people, that you could argue that's just feeding their good bacteria. Morning, Sue. But at the same time, some people have more of certain bacterias and they feed them more and it becomes quite uncomfortable and their balance of bacteria is different to others. And then you throw in lifestyle factors. And then you throw in what is normal for that person. So, for example, for the first probably 18 years of my life, I was bloated quite a lot. had lots of frequent urges. And, um, and thought that was quite normal. Until I realised about gluten and certain fibres in general. Fermentable fibres. So I'm going to go over that in a second. But first, I just want to give you really simple things. And this sounds really simple and it is. But skipping meals and then eating a lot of one meal, especially if you're not used to it, like, you know, fasting, stuff like that. This could result in bloating just from the amount of food you eat at once. Stomach expands, more food, more food to digest. Result of that, more potential for fermentable carbs all at once. These can have an impact. Sounds really obvious, again, like I said. Number two is spicy food. We don't often talk about this when it comes to, we often think about, oh, gluten, dairy. But actually, spicy food can result in IBS. Limit caffeine. Caffeine, again, it's not nicknamed poop juice for no reason. Um, I know one of, the, <laughs> one of the ladies bought their other half a mug that said poop juice on it for that reason. Anyway, that was a few years ago. Chew more. Sounds simple, but the research is actually really interesting. So, and, I, and this is it. So they compared those who chewed their food 10 times, so 10 chews, compared to 40 times. And chewing only 10 times led to increased malabsorption, so they're not absorbing their nutrients as, as much. And if you think about if you're not absorbing your nutrients as much, 
then less broken down because digestion starts in the mouth. If you put starch in your mouth, a carbohydrate, you release an enzyme called amylase and that starts to break down even in our, even in our mouth. So if we're rushing that part, you got to think it again gets to the next stage. We can only break down, you know, we've got a fair bit of stomach acid and enzymes down there. But we're also slowing down in terms of how much we eat. So then the volume goes down. Surprise, surprise. Drinking more fluid. If you have eaten lots of fibre, had a large meal, drinking water can help because fibre will soak up the water. Okay, And especially if you're doing something like veganuary, the next part is going to help you a lot. So some people say, you know, they eat lots of pulses. Now they're like bloated, etc. One, I would say go slow. Okay, so if you are adding those foods in, go quite, don't just go, I'm now eating like a chicken breast and some rice and some vegetables. Now I just eat like pulses and lentils. You'll probably feel pretty horrendous and get quite a lot of bloating if you just jump from one to the other you want to go kind of slowly with it and have a balance and, and like anything though it could be if nothing if if you're doing that consistently and you get so for me for example no matter how long I do that for I just feel uncomfortable bloated gassy windy it's not nice and I'm and as a result of that I get nothing done because I'm going to the loo all the time I'm probably not absorbing nutrients as much etc. So no wonder I feel horrendous when I do that. So for me, having more of a balance in my nutrition is better. I will eat pulses from now and then, but in very small amounts. So, and that just works for me better. I feel better, got more energy and I'm getting all the nutrients I need in. Anyway, on that note, so what, what does this mean? So there are, essentially this is due to the fibre, okay, the fermentable fibre. Now, I wouldn't suggest someone just cuts out fibre because there's types of fibre that could make this a bit more simple for you. So there's something called a fermentation potential. And they did a study um, in Leicester, in the NHS actually, and um, Mike Sweeney, who's a dietitian who I did a podcast with, we did delve into this in lots more detail than I'm going to delve into it now because that was where he worked and did lots of clinics of people with IBS. Now, this is a more simple version of the FODMAP diet. You may have heard of that. That's cutting out fermentable carbohydrates, gassy. And there's a green, an amber, and a red. But the problem with that is it can get quite confusing. You know, like greens, ambers, reds. Whereas this one kind of simplifies things down a bit. It essentially says, right, f- foods high in fat, avocado, olive oil, butter, cream, meats, eggs. I say meats, like, tend to be higher. You could get a lean meat anyway. Um, Yogurt, again, in that grey area. But these won't be as fermentable. And these won't ferment pretty much. So especially if you go fat food like eggs, uh, avocado, olive oil, you know, these oily fish, these foods, protein and and fat food, you can kind of group them. These won't ferment, okay? So I could pretty much guarantee that you know, if you went for a diet in those foods, after a few days, you'd probably have the opposite issue. If it was IBS as in having urges to go. If you flip that now and go towards vegetables, vegetables will be, most vegetables are okay, but you want to make sure they're cooked for one. Two, the obvious ones, broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, then legumes, kidney beans, chickpeas, any legume. 
they're going to be higher on the fermentation list. So you want to kind of either limit these foods or just be aware of their portion. Or if you're really struggling, obviously speak to someone, get some help, but maybe actually look at lowering them. Starch as well. So this is the group that you want to modify as well. So you can still eat carbohydrates, but obviously you want to make sure you're eating the reverse to normal here. If it's for like urges, IBS, and going to the loo a lot. And that would be things like uh, jasmine rice, um, sweet potatoes, small amounts of white bread. So like not the fermentable brown seeded one, um, like rice pasta, rice noodles instead, or like corn based lasagna. So for example, if I normally eat a lasagna, I've, I would go to the loo straight away. Sorry for too much information. If I, so we use gluten-free corn based ones, and obviously amount is still important and I'm absolutely fine. Um, and then if I look at meals I eat, if I have like a lentils in a meal, it's like my stomach is not liking it. And even if I, and if I do this consistently, I did it, I did like pretty a low animal based diet for about six weeks. This is about nearly two years ago now. And I've never been to the toilet so many times in my life just too much just just sharing the information um but you want to stick to more higher gi as you would put it normally almost the opposite to what you're told um so that's kind of an example there and these swaps can make such a big difference such a big difference to the extent where and i've got the the sheet in front of me that they used in the study in leicestershire in the nhs and it even says, um, if you now experience constipation, this is people who have lots of urges to go to the loo. If you now experience constipation, here's what you need to take. Three tablespoons of sweet corn, one to two tablespoons of golden linseeds, along with an extra 200 ml of fluid. So they're actually gearing you up to go, actually, you've come in and you're going to the loo this many times and you need to control that. Now we're going to add um, this into actually and to help you go because this diet may actually cause you to stop going. And this brings me on to the next question. What actually is normal? Like if you type in Bristol stool chart, not around your meals, you'll see potentially what your poo should look like. And this is, um, you know, I'm not. there's a lot of rubbish when it comes to gut health there's a lot of speculative stuff and people blame everything on the gut but the truth is we don't know as much as those people would make out we do like you can't just say right now your gut is this you need this food but what you can do is is look at the bristol salt chart and you'll quickly see if something might be up now i want to go over this again is if you're stressed if you're lacking sleep if you change your diet you may see a drastic change if you add new foods in if like if you do something drastic for a few days that might be quite normal then you, you would expect it to normalize because your gut health can change your bacteria can change in a matter of days exercise can change it so if you think about that if we're getting a test and saying right this is what your gut health is could change in a few days. And that's that's the problem with those tests. Hey, Ben. So 
I hope that helps. One last one I want to touch on is uh, with lactose-free milk. And I was at a conference, obviously, like, two years ago now, because in-person conferences aren't allowed anymore. For now, I'm actually buzzing to get back to it. So, and this was about lactose-free milk. So they did a, they did a study on, like, gluten-free products, gluten products, lactose-free milk, not lactose-free milk. And they wanted to see what, what happened when people were blinded and what they thought was the one they were having. So they essentially said to people, here's lactose, here's milk, but it was actually lactose-free milk, and these people define themselves as being lactose intolerant. Um, and they did the same with gluten. And what they found is people who were given gluten products but said they were gluten intolerant were actually okay. And not all of them developed, and then they did the opposite. So just how much the mind comes into this. Now, so this is a quite an easy thing you can do, is buy some normal milk and then buy some lactose-free milk, separate them, because they obviously taste pretty much the same. Get I'll get the same brand of milk as well, just one's lactose-free. And then get someone to pour them in maybe a jug, and then you have one for three days, and then get them to switch it over three days later. And then just see if you have any symptoms. Because lactose is fermentable, but it's a good way to actually see if maybe you can handle certain amounts of milk. And also, there's research to say that you can actually handle around 80 to 100 mils of milk, even if you have a lactose intolerance. Which is interesting, because if you think about what sometimes when we normally have milk, it might be a big latte. So you've got coffee, caffeine, which, you know, as we've discussed, can make things speed up. Then you've got on top of that, all of that lactose and that milk. Then you've got um, the casein protein. You've got all these things that you're breaking down. We blame lactose, but we've actually just had a big latte with caramel syrup on top. This isn't always the case, of course, but it's just worth considering how portion size comes into that. So I hope that helps. I've rambled on enough. Any questions, as always, do let me know. Make it a great day. We have the butt family with Julie at half six, and then I'm on for our arms and quiz morning, all with a towel. Anyway, if you want more information about our 28-day kickstart or any information about this, do send me a message and I'll get you the details from there. Speak soon and have a lovely day. Take care.